need to keep evolving you can't be living in the past the world is evolving so fast and you need to always look ahead so we always you know uh, adopted to the future and we're forward thinking the alpha talks podcast crafts you and your business into an alpha not for the faint hearted i am sif al hakim serial entrepreneur and your success mentor founder of the alpha movement and people call me the alpha and that's for a reason of course with 20 plus years of experience and eight figures portfolio of businesses myself and the show guests will be striking thunder of top notch listening in business and mindset no bull just first class value not like others to join us now to become your own version of an alpha Welcome back Alphas to a new inspiring episode of the Alpha Talks podcast. Today in the studio I've got a very special offer for you today. Today we have the honor to have a truly dynamic individual, a visionary leader who has played a pivotal role in in the strategic growth of one of the region's most prominent businesses. Our Alpha guest today is none other than Adil Sajan and he's the man behind Danube Home and he's the group MD of Danube Group. With a strong background in retail industry, a skill set uh, encompassing business planning, sales, market research, management, Adil brings wealth of experience to any table he sits on. A graduate of the American University of Georgia, and he did his executive MBA at Harvard Business School. With a focus on marketing, Adil is not just a seasonal professional, but a young dynamic force uh, driving the success of Danube Home and Group overall. Born into the business family, Adil embarked on his journey into family business at a very young age. Working in the warehouse at the age of 13 to taking charge of the entire retail business after graduating, Adil's story is none one of dedication, resilience, challenge to overcome and continuous growth. Under his leadership, Danub Home has not only expanded its operation wings across different cities globally, but has also experienced a remarkable financial turnaround and growth. Today we delve into Adil's entrepreneurial journey the challenges he faced and the strategic decisions that he shaped his success and his vision for the future of the new home and the group overall please join me in welcoming idol sajin to the alpha talks podcast thank you for coming today and having this conversation with us thank you sir for having me and i'm looking forward same here same here so idol let's say in the beginning somebody just saw the thumbnail once we launched the podcast he see the graphic he see the title and he say it sounds interesting looks mm-hmm. interesting what can we promise them today to gain if they gave us their time anything that comes to your head well you know i've been privileged to be part of a family business and i myself take care of five verticals in the business so what they would probably get some insight is how family business functions what are the challenges i know everything seems very rosy outside yeah. uh, but it comes with a lot of work and how you take up those challenges and how you deal with it i love that and i think a lot of people will be looking forward to hear your story and how to i would say you will inspire them to take actions so let's start off with can you tell us who's adil in a nutshell in a very quick way we will dig deeper but in a nutshell if you want to describe yourself who's going to be adil well like i said talking professionally i take care of five verticals so danub home being the mother you know mm. which is one of the fastest growing home improvement retail retailers in the region Besides this, I'm also into e-commerce mm. franchise, taking Danny Bohm into international scale. We'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah. we have a hospitality business, yeah. and then finally the sports business, which is this. 
me as a person you know i am a very organized person you know the busier you get the yeah, more organized true. you have to be just because i have a lot of work doesn't mean i see, you know i don't sacrifice on my social life mm-hmm. i love playing sports i have a beautiful wife sana i have three kids mashallah and i love traveling mm-hmm. i travel almost 100 days plus per year oh wow yeah. business or leisure 90 days would be business 10 days leisure <laughs> <laughs> let's put it in perspective yeah, yeah. and let's start off and you give us a glimpse of the humble beginnings of your family yeah your family built i would say something from nothing yeah. built something big from nothing so a lot of people think that the success that they see now it was given no it wasn't given you your father your family worked so hard yeah. to reach this level so can you start off with the humble beginnings even in a short way yeah so my father started off with very humble beginnings you know we were actually lo- living in kuwait and then the war happened mm-hmm. and when saddam hussein invaded kuwait so suddenly whatever wealth little wealth that my family had almost came to zero so when he came to dubai almost 32 years ago he came with uh, 30000 dollars in his pocket no way so that was the very very beginning and in a few years couple of years in fact today we're celebrating a 30 year anniversary oh congratulations yeah for the company wow so we started off with very humble beginnings in the building material business mm-hmm. and uh, brick by brick we started expanding we were also lucky because if you see the way dubai has grown over the last 30 years that really helped us in a big way and so- the leaders of the country really support businesses Mm-hmm. and make it easy for people to do business so if you would have come 30 years ago with not much money in your pocket you find many many people who become millionaires or billionaires true. True. from scratch true so we are one of the families very humbled and blessed and that was his journey of course i had a very different journey i when i joined the family business we had money so i had a platform to start with but being the only child I It's felt another thing absolutely true. I felt like I want to make the most of it true. you know even though we're not making money to change our lifestyle but I just felt that you know seeing the way kind of work he's done I want to try and create in my own space 100% we'll talk about this yeah. when did you join the family business at, at what age and what was your responsibility so my dad and I have to give credit for him he put me to work from a very young age mm-hmm. so you know summer holidays generally in school is June July August true and from the age of 13 we used to have these building till shops in dera yeah you know so i started working there during the summer 8 to 1 but the challenge was i had to work with the blue collar staff which i loved mm-hmm. but it was an open yard true so if you can visualize june july august in dubai without shade oh, oh my it's an open yard open yard wow. because that's where you store yeah. the timber true mm-hmm. and it was hot and i used to carry four shirts to work every day my manager was told to be very strict with me you have to be on time mm-hmm. and my mom and my dad would fight about this a lot and my dad's like look this is my domain so you have to be you know letting it pass uh-huh. so he put me to work from that age and then 13. every yeah 13 wow. 13 3 i was getting a salary though i was getting paid 500 dirhams a month no way yeah. which was a lot of money yeah. for a 13 year old you know 21 True. years ago True. So in that sense I was happy and I was learning as well. So it started off like that and then during I, I will stop here because okay. I want to ask you something. Okay. Your father approach to business I believe was tough on you. Yeah. Um, am I correct? Yeah, yeah, very yeah, very tough. Very. Being tough on you at that age and during the journey what shaped in you during this by being tough what created the ethics in you or the work ethics the business ethics? Huge huge difference. One is he instilled a lot of value for money. Mm-hmm. in me from the beginning even when we spent it was my birthday not that we could afford it but he was very 
okay pick what you want choose one gift mm-hmm. my mom was the complete opposite yeah. you know and the, the second thing is it gave me a massive head start 6 7 year head start compared to my peers when i graduated third is you know a lot of times i see people they just show up at the business without having any understanding but here because my foundation was built so strong from such a young age i had a fair understanding of how different departments in the company work true so this helped me yeah. in a big way when people look at you a lot of people you know that the people that you know they have the excuses for themselves sure. and say ah you're coming telling about your success story of course you've been uh, born in a rich family and it was easy for you i want you to give them how it was hard because i work in a family business as well and it's not an easy thing at all when you said like your father was tough the same for me so it's not an easy thing can you tell them your experience the challenges that you faced being part of the family business you always want to be okay you're a son of a chairman okay the spotlight is on you am i correct only son only yeah, child exactly. even harder <laughs> exactly so how these challenges how did you face it you know a lot of people believe that of course he's born with a silver spoon and i'm not disregarding that in the sense that yes we've had luxuries in life which grew as our business group but that does not mean the challenges were not there in mm-hmm. fact the challenges i feel were really really hard because a lot had to be done a lot had to be proven at a young age mm-hmm. so i was probably always doing work 10 or 15 years above my pay scale true from a young age and like you said mm-hmm. all eyes are on you mm-hmm. so you have to perform because true. your father has been successful true. you need to prove your worth and you have a benchmark huge yeah. benchmark being rizwan sarjan's mm-hmm. son is you know it's it's a huge benchmark true. big shoes to fill in true uh so there were many many challenges which of course we'll talk about in the podcast but it was good i mean i'm i'm privileged and i'm happy to be having you know those kind of challenges set up, set, set for me and my dad always supported me mm-hmm. um a lot he gave me a lot of freedom which probably a father wouldn't have given to somebody mm-hmm. at such a young age so that helped me in a big way i love this part what type of freedom because sometimes people i would say he's a chairman yeah. he's running the business sure. he's the power center giving you freedom and giving you responsibility it's not an easy game he wants always to be in the power control sure. am i correct so how did he pass it over to you in a way or on a particular segment of the business because you build trust through working am i correct so you know on the contrary he wasn't like that he had the control yeah. but he gave the freedom like I'll, mm-hmm. so my early journey if i talk a little yeah. bit about that from age 13 to 18 during my internships i must have worked in all the departments sales marketing warehousing i should go to alcoos mm-hmm. sell steel to ac fabricators wow. i went to media city made a catalog warehouse for 3 years everything and then mm-hmm. for last Three months when I was eighteen, I actually sat in the chairman's office, observing how he deals with everyone. Love that. So a question here, yeah. sorry, did he put this path for you, or you went through this on your own? No, he he put the path, but not every child would be willing at that age, right? Every yes. your friends are having slumber parties, playing video <laughs> games. I did that as True. well, but then you know at that age, you, not everyone is motivated to be doing that. True. So he did set the path, but I was happy to do it. Mm-hmm. So it was both ways. So you did almost you passed over all the divisions yeah. and then at the end you sat in the boardroom, you saw how things are going right. and there was the right time that you jump on the front seat. So this is when I got my first freedom. I was 19 and I you know I was supposed to you know as a good student in school yeah. actually and I had gone into some one of the Ivy League colleges. Mm-hmm. But then my father recommended me to and I didn't mind it then that why don't you study and work at the same time. Mm-hmm. So that's why I went to American University of Sharjah mm-hmm. also one of the best colleges universities yeah. over here. And when I was 19 he gave me a million dollars and he's like look we've just started the retail division 
I want you to start the chandelier department. Oof. And I'm a 19-year-old kid. Yeah. What is a chandelier, right? Exactly. What is a department? <laughs> Fly off to China to a city called Gujan. Yeah. City of lights. So mm-hmm. the 70% of the world's lighting is bought from that one city. Wow. It's a city the size of Dubai. It has 7,000 shops of chandeliers with 10,000 factories in Dubai, in, in Gujan. No way. So it's the whole city is about lights. Literally. Just lights and hotels and restaurants. Wow. And I had no idea about buying. And it's not, he didn't give me a physically a bag of a million dollars, but like a buying budget of a million dollars. And we were going shop to shop just to try and figure out what to, what to do. Yeah. So made some Excel sheet, did a lot of research before going there, went to some shops, did some market research. And on the go, learned what is a minimum order quantity, what mm-hmm. is, you know, import duty, what time. is a container, what is a lead time, how do you fill up a container, what is a cubic meter. You know, this is basics for any retailer today. When you are a 19-year-old kid and you've not been taught, yeah. you need to learn. You jumped in the experience and you learned from the experience. Yeah. So, wow. so this was my first, uh, you know, big uh, individual responsibility. Mm-hmm. And then that continued for almost four years. My entire university, uh, I used to study and then go to my store right after college. Ah, so uh, worked the whole four years yeah, working yeah. and studying. Working, working and studying. Yeah. I went for exhibitions. I would actually ask the professors, look, I need to go for this exhibition. Can I prepone my exam yeah. or postpone my exam? So I had to do a little bit of wow. jugglery. Mm-hmm. But don't get me wrong, I had a great life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what I mean. You know, it's about how organized you are. Mm-hmm. I had a very good social life. I did everything what a young kid could do. Mm-hmm. But also I had the privilege of actually working with real money, with the real business, mm-hmm. while actually learning about that in business. So, you know, you're getting to do both. Yeah, true, true, true. So that was interesting for me. And uh, it was a good foundation for me to also learn how to be a buyer. Mm-hmm. So that was my first big challenge. I love that. Yeah. How do you manage, you know, as a person on your own, sure. of course, you have your ambitions, you have your goals. How do you manage, the, I would say, the pressure or balance the pressure that you have being your father's son and the goals and the ambitions that you have for yourself? I have never been pressurized by this. Never? No. I, I always feel grateful, mm-hmm. privileged, that I have this platform. I've never been pressurized, but I've also been self-motivated. Mm-hmm. And of course, my father is a very well-known personality. In, in my initial days, when I would move around, oh, that's Rizwan's son. True. The one mm-hmm. thing which motivates me, I always have in you know, the back of my mind to do so well, to create so much accomplishment that tomorrow people go up to him and be like, look, that's uh, Adil's father. Mm-hmm, so that mm-hmm. keeps me going. You, know? you always want to do better than what your father has done. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's hard. Uh, but but things have been great. I think things have really worked out. What motivates you to work now before we dig into the business? What motivates you to work? You have everything you want. You, your, your family business is well established. Everybody has a why behind. What's your why? So, so you're absolutely right. Like I told you, it's not the money because we literally spend maybe less than 1% of what we make. We have mm-hmm. a good house. Everything is set. Very decent lifestyle. So it's not that we're trying to do this to change our lifestyle. I kind of enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Number one, I like it. I really, really, I think I have my father's genes. You know, mm-hmm. he, and when I see him, he's almost going to be 60, you know, in December. And when I see him today also working so hard, that also inspires me a lot. Mm-hmm. That if he's still doing it when he doesn't need to. So you enjoy the journey rather than the outcome. You enjoy the achievement of something. Not about no, the I love the outcome. Thing. I love the outcome, uh-huh. but it's like a score. score. It's like a game. You uh-huh. know what I mean? It's like yeah. a big scoreboard. And how many numbers are you putting on that scoreboard? Okay. Uh-huh. How are you contributing to the company? Because also I feel I have a responsibility to 
take on this family business to the third generation true being the only mm-hmm. child and being the eldest child of the second generation mm-hmm. you need to be passing the baton from the first true. to the third mm-hmm. and the only way you can be doing that is if you do and create something of your own true true, true. so that's what motivates me mm, and that's i think that's your objective and goal as well absolutely being young and entering a family business and when you enter a family business there are much older people than you oh yeah uh, and they look at you oh my god the kid is coming to sure. teach us something how did you handle this so before i answer that because yeah. it's linked i want to tell you the pivotal moment mm-hmm. when i graduated because yeah. it's linked mm-hmm. so when i graduated from my from my uh, family from my uh, university i wanted to join the family business straight away mm-hmm. and i had two paths to to choose from one was the building material business which is our core business yeah. we were doing a mm-hmm. revenue back then of 1.5 billion a year mm-hmm. very profitable leaders in the market you know successful well established the yeah. second was the retail business yeah. you know it was called danu bill mart back mm-hmm. then we were doing about 100 million a year which is less than 10% losing 10 million a year mm-hmm. and my dad was fed up so he's like look edge of closing i want to close it yeah and that's when i told him mm-hmm. i'm like give me this business and give me a chance Mm-hmm. So that was a big big moment for me and I really want to do that because if I could do that I could create value and create contribution because if it worked it could become a cash cow for the company. True. So when I entered obviously even then I'm the chairman's son the business mm-hmm. is new we have a retail head you have a buying head who was like 10 15 years older than me. And you know so I told them I'm like the first thing I told them was I am not a threat. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to take your job. I'm here as your biggest weapon. Use me. I am the chairman's son, mm-hmm. but don't see him as as a threat. See me as a weapon because I can open a lot of doors for you. You literally did this. I did yeah, this. I, I said this. Mm-hmm. So I got them on a comfort level that I'm here to help you. I'm here to support you. I'm here to use my education and my knowledge and my experience so that we could grow this business mm-hmm. and achieve our common objectives. We both want to succeed because mm-hmm. I have something to prove. Dude. And if we grow, you will benefit as well you made them your allies i made yeah. them my allies mm-hmm. and i made them see me as a weapon and not an enemy mm-hmm. i love that so that conditioning mm-hmm. was very very vital because if your top leaders are not on board with you True. then how are you going to do it you know we have very uh, similar case yeah back like let's say 10 years back yeah. i i was appointed the cmo of samsung and i was very young wow and when i got this role also i was i was a kid for the people below me sure. And I had the same thing. I got them and I sit with them and I said that I'm not a threat to you. Let's work together to get the confirmations and the approvals yeah. from the top. Yeah. I love that. Since we're in this type of business, how did you make the turnaround? So this is an interesting story because, because this you have a rebranding in it. You played this, the rebranding. This was the game-changing yeah. moment. So the first six months I spent in a conditioning my senior team mm-hmm. and researching and doing every i mean i already had a fair understanding but mm-hmm. going into every part of the business what is the warehousing looking like what is my marketing looking like what is my merchandising looking mm-hmm. like what are my stores but the foundation of all of this is your balance sheet yeah. so i'm a numbers person mm-hmm. you need to know your numbers you need to know your pnl your balance sheet and make sense of it True. that's the key after you get a fair understanding of what's happening by speaking to customers employees everyone you need to take hard calls mm-hmm. very 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 hard calls and that's what we did for the first two mm-hmm. years you won't believe it i literally shut down half my stores wow because those stores where i did not see a silver lining mm-hmm. shut them down we kept a strict instruction that within 6 months i want to stop all local purchase 
mm-hmm. 80% mm-hmm. of my material that time was local purchase i said no more local purchase in 6 months because your margins go up mm-hmm. you have control on your stock you know you you have items which are unique 6 mm-hmm. months completely stopped we went and we started investing in our warehouse and infrastructure because mm-hmm. that's the base of the company True. hired good retail professionals on board fixed our merchandising fixed the way we are making our creatives mm-hmm. now all of this might seem very simple and straightforward to any retail company but keep in mind back then we were a building material company who became a exactly. retail company mm-hmm. so we didn't have that expertise mm-hmm. right it was completely different it was different too so i focus a lot of time on building our foundation once i got these people on board that's when i transformed from danube billmart to danube home so wow. danube billmart initially was sell building materials in retail mm-hmm. and it was very erratic because one store size was 2000 square feet one was 20000 mm-hmm. square feet one was 12000 square feet so whatever we had found we just opened mm-hmm. and like fill it up so there was no proper science to it so i'm like it's not going to work like this mm-hmm. when you go and organize retail you have a story true the two things we established mm-hmm. i saw a gap in the market where we wanted to be the one stop destination for home furnishing and home improvement mm-hmm. which nobody was I want to sell garden furniture mm-hmm. sanitary tiles electrical of IKEA of of very of, different it's a mix so mm-hmm. all these product lines mm-hmm. but nobody has that sure. you will have a lot of furniture shops but nobody selling parquet flooring exactly. blinds mm-hmm. wallpapers and then garden and then kitchen then mm-hmm. sanitary and tiles so I want to be a one stop destination a question you found this gap yeah. by researching because you know like it's a t- totally different sure. out of your core business sure, sure. So you research want to see a gap because you wanted to have this struggle business pass. Yeah. So this is one thing I've you know learned from my dad always find the gap. So mm-hmm. you you get to know when you start speaking to customers, oh uh, why don't you guys sell retail items? When you start seeing what other people are doing, oh why are the furniture shops not selling flooring? That's a need. Mm-hmm. When I was designing my house in Marina back then, I had this problem. Mm-hmm. So because of this problem, when I had to decorate my house even though we had an interior designer, uh, we went to 10 shops. Mm-hmm. So I'm like why isn't there no a one stop uh, destination? and that's another thing we solved we uh, we kept a policy where we said free interior designing service mhm a lot of people say that but they take a deposit True. and they give it free when you when you purchase yeah. we didn't have that we said free mm-hmm. spend two days you can take my design go to the shop next door wow because even our pricing was very very aggressive mm, competitive mm-hmm. so all these things happened and i remember so i took over in 2012 mhm By 2014, we grew the business from 100 to 128 million, mm-hmm. and my dad wasn't happy. He's like, "You've only grown 28 percent. It's a startup. I should do this. I should do that." And I told him, "I'm like, look, we have a flawed business. It's very easy for me to throw money mm-hmm. and open stores, but today, if you're losing 10 million, tomorrow you lose 30 million. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that's not the way. Mm-hmm. You got to take a step back before you take too forward. Mm-hmm. So how did we do that? We first fixed the foundation, True. created the concept." And in 2014, that was a pivotal moment. Mm-hmm. I went back to my dad. I'm like, look, now we're ready. 2014 and actually 2015, because mm-hmm. that was the year we broke even. That was the year we got our store ready. Our Took foundation. Three, three years. Two years. Two years to break yeah. even. Well done. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And but we got the more than the break even. We had our concept the, ready. True. We had the foundation ready. Mm-hmm. And I told him in 2015 that look, I want to grow this business by 10x. Mm-hmm. I want to do a billion in revenue by 2020. Mm-hmm. Do I have your blessings? financially of course yeah. and uh, he he that's what i mean you know that when i spoke about exactly. being supportive exactly. and giving the freedom he said adil yes i support you fully you just have to ensure that when you're growing your top line don't lose sight on your bottom line mm-hmm. as long as you're delivering your bottom line i you have my blessings true 
and had so finally you know you're excited you mm-hmm. have this big new challenge or new vision in front of you yeah. so how do you break it down to your team because you can have the vision but if but you if, don't believe it if your yeah. team is not as aligned with True. you how do you take it forward to so the first thing i did was took 35 people of my leadership team mm. branch managers you know warehouse heads uh marketing you flew head. them somewhere or what we went to bali <laughs> oh shit for four yeah. days and this is the first time this yeah. has happened now if you can imagine i'm 23 so, my the average age of my team is 27 28 mm-hmm. young team we go to bali for four days the first three days we freak out fun. oh my god just yeah, fun. fun river rafting yeah. kayaking partying yeah. everything you name it and on day four sit down i sat down on a beach on a bonfire yeah. and that's when two things we spoke about the first was that hey guys we need to have a culture mm. and we created this culture of one team one goal and that kind of created like a cult like feeling mm-hmm. the second thing was i'm like hey look i know we've been struggling for the last few years but i want to grow this business by 10x in the next 5 years now i'm not just saying 10x because it mm-hmm. sounds fancy i'm saying 10x because i've done market research and this is how we got to do it mm-hmm. so look this is what our competitors are doing this is which markets we could enter this is how much one store can do how many stores i want to open where i want to open mm-hmm. basic framework true basic yeah. framework and i said to them i'm like look the next 3 years for you next 5 years for you is going to be extremely hard whatever work you did in the last 5 years you're going to do three times the amount three times the amount in the next 5 years it's not going to be easy it's not everyone's cup of tea but i promise you if the company grows i'll make sure you're going to grow along with it wow but if it's not up to you leave today out of the 35 34 stuck one left no way he tried coming back a lot unfortunately we didn't have room for him mm-hmm. then wow but all 34 still work for me today in 2023 all of them today are in senior positions, positions and they're doing extremely well wow and and if you want to know what happened exactly <laughs> don't keep it in the end when it went happened if you want to know what happened yeah. we didn't we didn't touch a billion yeah. but we touched 700 million in revenue wow which was almost a 7x, 7x. growth but more than the revenue what i was proud about is that we took a company that was losing 10% a year mm. to a company that was making more than 10% a year So for me that was that was a defining moment. And very well done. Thank you. Yeah, yeah well and done. when it was my baby, right? Yeah, so very well done. Yeah. And I love how you took the team out out of the comfort zone where they work every day. You took them out for a trip. Best investment ever. Absolutely. Because otherwise it wouldn't work. And everybody was charged up. Absolutely. It was nuts. You know, those five years were magical. Mm, I love that. Yeah. If I go a little bit, okay. You expanded globally as well. Yes. And you didn't talk about this. why it came to you and the important thing because a lot of people who listen to us people think that you to grow globally it's an easy thing right. but you always talk about the foundations before you expand yeah. even locally how does it go when you go abroad so as we started seeing success in our retail brand and we were actually one of the fastest growing home improvement retailers in the region mm-hmm. not coming from a retail background yeah. especially mm-hmm. so i saw an opportunity where i wanted to make danib home a global brand If you think about it we live in Dubai. Dubai has all the brands of the world. Mm-hmm. And you go to Dubai mall you'll find True. everything. My vision was I wanted to take a Dubai home green brand to the world. Mm-hmm. Nice so idea. again we started working on the foundation and I'm so proud we have our franchise business mm-hmm. and outside the Middle East through the franchise business today we are present in more than 10 countries. Wow. And Danny Home today has become a global brand. Mm-hmm. 
And the second also thing which we established was we wanted to be a forward-looking company. So I always believed in e-commerce. Mm-hmm. And even though we were young in retail, we were actually one of the first few companies to adopt e-commerce back in 2012. True, true. So that was also something great where not only do we have an omni-channel presence, but also mm-hmm. we are a true. marketplace and we are trying to create a destination for home. How you the e-learning, you put e-learning, e-commerce, the team building activities, yeah. you think played the role in the growth? Of- well, it's important. You know, you, you need to keep evolving. You can't be living in the past. Mm-hmm. The world is evolving so fast and you need to always look ahead. And a lot of the times what happens is in whatever happens in the West follows suit. Mm-hmm. In a way, correct. Mm-hmm. So earlier the gap was 10 years and it was five years. Now the gap is smaller. So when you would see a lot of companies, you know, doing so well in e-commerce abroad, uh, and then you'd have a lot of criticism. Who's going to buy furniture online? Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. But then if you would, if you would live with that mindset, you'd you never grow. grow. True. So we, we always, uh, you know, uh, adopted to the future mm-hmm. and move forward thinking. What kind of advice would you give people who really want to grow globally? You, you have to say, for example, they conquer the market locally. And then once the foundations are done, they expand globally. And what kind of challenges they, they can face on a global level? A lot. Uh, like hell. I mean, first, the fundamentals of your business have to be strong, mm-hmm. which means you need to be making good money here. Mm-hmm. Because if you can't make good money yourself, then it's difficult to make money for someone else exactly. and yourself. So True. A, your, your, you know, your commercials of how you've, you know, uh, your, the economics mm-hmm. of your business have to be very, very strong. Mm-hmm. Second thing is you need to be trying to do something different from the market. What we were able to establish in the Middle East, mm-hmm. one-stop solution, home imp- could be for any business. Yeah. Have something unique, which other people don't have. Unique selling proposition. A profitable concept as well. Profitable mm-hmm. and unique. Mm-hmm. Once you've done that, and you want to target the franchise, you know, uh, start studying the other markets. So what, what our strategy was, mm. we didn't go to develop markets for yeah. franchise. We targeted developing countries. True. Because what happens over there is, yes, the disposable income for the rich is few. Mm-hmm. But even for those few, there's no organized exactly. retail or organized company fulfilling that service. Mm. What, so we, what countries can you say? Many in Africa. Yeah. So we are yeah. in, you know, uh, Kenya, mm-hmm. uh, Uganda, wow. uh, Tanzania, uh, Nepal. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So a lot of countries, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Namibia, yeah. Egypt. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we were present. You're in Egypt? We're in Egypt as well. Oh, I've been very long time. I didn't go to Egypt. <laughs> so, so uh, and when you find that gap in those countries that, okay, that, that problem is not being fulfilled. Mm-hmm. It's not that you come and you replicate the exact same thing over sure. there. So if mm-hmm. you're going to the franchise route, the first thing is you need to make sure you have the right franchise partner. True. And having money is not enough. Mm-hmm. I always say having a franchise partner is like getting married. Mm-hmm. So you date a few people True. and then you figure you out the who right. the right partner exactly. is. Is he something, somebody who you can trust? What kind of business does he have? What kind of personality does Values, he have? Values, principle, ethics, Everything. Because yeah. if your marriage is good, you're mm, going to have many kids. You'll have many more branches, True. right? True. True. So I can say in that sense, I have 10 successful marriages outside. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But, but yeah, we've been lucky to find good partners. Mm-hmm. After you find the partner, a team goes in and we do a thorough study of the market. Mm-hmm. What is my competition selling at? What is the duty over there? What are the geopolitical challenges? Mm-hmm. What is my per capita income? What is the currency fluctuation that's happened last few years? What is, how is the economic stability? Mm-hmm. How is the safety over there? You got to look at so many it's different things. It's not an easy thing that you think your success here will replicate right away outside. Yeah, so, so it depends on your research, depends mm-hmm. on how much effort you put into it. 
And once you've done that science, that, look, I'm buying this cup for a dollar. If I take it over there, my landed cost is going to be two. I want to sell it for four. What is somebody else selling it for? True. Is he selling it for five or for three? Mm-hmm. So True. there's a lot of effort that needs to be done in research. And then also the taste is different. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, when we went to India, there it rains a lot. So people there mm-hmm. prefer leather over ah, fabric. Mm-hmm. Houses are smaller, so they prefer... Uh, four-door so wardrobe assortment even is different of course of not course. completely yeah. but you need to go specific mm-hmm. so, so certain places like different colors some people like bigger mm-hmm. certain places have taller people seen so bigger yeah, exactly, bathtubs yeah. so you got to customize a bit uh, and you got to have some fair understanding of the local market i'm not all of it mm-hmm. uh, so yeah if you if you get these basics right good partner good research good foundation and the last part of this is your systems have to be strong What tech are you using? Mm-hmm. Are you going to be stocking your material here or somewhere else? If it's somewhere else, how easy is it to send True. it? So many of these things. So if you, if you get the systems in place, then it's very easy to expand. These are knowledge bombs. I think yeah. everybody will love this part because really scaling and going abroad sure. is a dream for a sure. lot of entrepreneurs. And thank you for sharing these and, insights. And initially, it's hard. I can tell you that much. It's pretty hard. But once you get a knack of it and you want to understand, you know, what are the nitty-gritties? Because the, the challenges... 80% of them will be common. True. So when you understand the challenges, how can you avoid them? What systems can you put in place? And, it, you, you and initially, it. don't have anything that I'm going to make some big money. Initially, you got to invest a lot to get and play the long-term game. That's why you said like your local presence in your country has yeah. to be very strong first before yeah. you, you go abroad. Exactly. So for us, our perspective was, you know, initially, we didn't want to make some big money globally. But b- because our local businesses had enough money, True. So we focus yes, yes. more on creating the infrastructure to support the franchise. And then eventually it pays off in a big way. True. I yeah. love that. Before I dig more into business, I want you to talk about a little bit of the Karama time and how this influenced your childhood. I loved it back then. Yeah. I loved it in the sense that, you know, that was also a different phase in life. We used to cycle around everywhere. I used to go, you know... The shawarmas on yeah, the street. I love that. And uh, it was a good time. I mean, I, I used to go swimming to Ramada and in Bardubai. Yeah, they used to have some cafes, you know, mm-hmm. for, for Counter-Strike True. back in the day. So yeah, I had a fun childhood. Of course, very different from what I'm living today. Yeah. But I enjoyed bits of it. It you taught me it, in a way. I, I miss it. And yeah. that really taught you for the value of money. True. You know, how much am I spending, playing billiards, this, that. So it was fun. Mm-hmm. It was definitely fun. Life evolved. And yeah. you became extremely busy. Yeah. How do you manage your time being a successful person, running with several verticals, I would say, sure. and taking care of yourself and your family? So a lot of people ask me this. I'm a very balanced person. I travel almost 100 plus days in a year. 90 days. 100 plus days. <laughs> <laughs> It is 100, it's 100 plus day this year already. Oh, really? Yeah? Jan to October, I'm 100 plus already. Boosh. And... Um, The only thing I've learned is the busier you get, the more organized you have to be. Mm-hmm. I have two secretaries sitting mm-hmm. in my office, one for follow-up and one for managing my schedules. Mm-hmm. And my calendar is planned to the T. Mm-hmm. Every minute of my calendar is planned, whether it's at work or outside work. Mm-hmm. And I you know, find it's, you know, a lot of people say that I don't have time to work out. I don't have time to meet friends. I have kids, da, da, da. I don't buy that mm-hmm. because if you have time to Netflix and chill, exactly. you have time for mm-hmm. anything else. So for me, I make the most of everything. I'm working hard. I take out time for my kids. I'm, I have a huge social life. Mm-hmm. I love playing sports. I go to the gym every day. Mm-hmm. I do it all. 
it's been like this always, always. or even oh. when you were uh, setting up uh, the retail business you were always balancing your time honestly i'm busier now no way mm-hmm. i'm busier now because back then it was only the retail business ah. now there are five verticals so we need to talk about the five verticals then. yeah can you tell us what are the five verticals and if the five verticals are successful then it looks that you have a secret sauce a secret formula to it so what is it So of course, Danib Home is the mother. Mm-hmm. That's the retail business. We've done extremely well yeah. in that. Two of the verticals are actually ex- extensions. So one mm-hmm. is we spoke about the franchise business, mm-hmm. where we have ex- expanded yeah. Danib Home globally. The second is the e-commerce business. You know, where not only have we done omni-channel, but we've created like a marketplace. Mm-hmm. Uh, besides this, we've also entered into the hospitality business. Wow! So I saw you know a huge trend uh, where you know the number of tourists were increasing significantly mm-hmm. in this part of the world. and a lot of hotels were being built and when i started researching the market i saw the same gap i saw in retail mm-hmm. you have <laughs> a lot of you of something you yeah. have a lot of fragmented players mm-hmm. but there's no one stop shop so mm-hmm. with that thought in mind we created this one stop shop as a solution provider for hotels hotels so everything from furniture fixtures uh, which is ffni mm-hmm. osni which is o- mm-hmm. operating supplies and equipment yeah. kitchen utensils linen bathrobes you name it wow. garden furniture mm-hmm. so everything that's required in a hotel we launched we tied up with almost 20 brands mm-hmm. different price points and we've supplied to many hotels including royal atlantis mm-hmm. you know uh, 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 crown plaza marriott mm-hmm. so there are many many hotels on our list mm-hmm. and even though that business is you know four years old yeah. we've created you know good wow. a good mark wow. in the in the business and the fifth mm-hmm. which is my most fun is yeah. uh, uh danube sports world how did it come to you you want to create something like that i love sports mm-hmm. and even though the other businesses are somehow linked to the core yeah. uh sports has nothing to do with the exactly. business we mm-hmm. have and as an avid sports player mm-hmm. i used to play and go to different sports facilities you know primarily in alcoos mm-hmm. and i always found that parking was an issue Uh, I found that there was no multi-sport. Mm-hmm. It was very like paddle is paddle, football is football, cricket is cricket. Uh, traffic was a huge issue, and you you just didn't get that vibe. Yeah, you know. And I thought to myself, I'm like Dubai, which is like a mecca of Middle East mm-hmm. sports. I don't know if you're aware. Four yeah. hundred international sporting events happen only in Dubai every year. Four hundred. Four hundred. You have all the rulers of Dubai, you know, so actively mm-hmm. playing. Uh, his sure. Highness Sheikh Hamdan is sure. actively involved in paddle tennis. Yeah. You have Dubai 30 by 30 in November. Mm-hmm, true. Mm-hmm. So you have so much going on. And if you think about it, Dubai has the best of restaurants, best of malls, best of buildings, best of furniture shops, best of everything. Why is there not even one indoor sports facility that's multi-purpose, which is open 365 days a year? Wow. So that was another gap I spotted. Mm-hmm. And even though this was not part of our core business, there was an itch I had to scratch. You love it, yeah. I had to do it. Um, and one of the second reasons was sports is the perfect way to connect to the community. Mm-hmm. You're promoting yeah. health. You're promoting health. You're able to connect to big corporates, mm-hmm. to the government entities, True. to schools, to different organizations. You're encouraging young people to become sportsmen. It's such a cool business. So, uh, so that was the thought process yeah. behind it. And then when we were opening it, because I wanted to have a high return on time, so that okay, I'm spending. So, yeah. so for me, ROT is very important. <laughs> so I'm like, it has to be big. True. Otherwise, it's not going to be worth my yeah, time. True. And we actually opened the largest indoor sports facility in the Middle East and Asia. Wow. 
and it's it's been open for like seven months mm-hmm. now, but it's ex- doing extremely well. Uh, even I sometimes find it difficult to get a booking over there. <laughs> no way. Uh, yeah, I, so I, I want to go visit that. My, you are gonna love it. I think so. Mm-hmm. If you like sports, you're definitely gonna love, love it. it. But so, tell yeah. me, the idea came to you. Yeah. And reality happened. How long? Two years. Two years. So a lot of people see the outside. Yeah. They don't know what happens in exactly. the inside. Exactly. It was extremely hard. Oh my God. From licensing and oh, this kind of thing. You have no idea. So it took me the first four months. So I'm like, okay, I'm doing this. Yeah. To, it took me four. It took me about four months to identify the right plot because oh, I wanted I wanted something on the main road. Mm-hmm. I wanted something big, and how do you get that right in Dubai? It's hard. Mm-hmm. I you won't believe. I every second or fourth day or third day from work, I would leave at four thirty-five, and go for a recce to see different warehouses and plots. Wow. I must have seen more than a hundred plots and warehouses before I said this is the one. Wow. After we identified the plot. I must have gone and met the CEO, mm-hmm. you know, of the yeah. big company six times to convince him to give it to me. No freaking way. Six times, and that's how that's the effort it took yeah. in just finalizing the plot. plot. A lot of people like hasty. Oh, you know, I'm not getting yeah. it. Let's just finalize this. Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't work like that. You gotta be because that's look. You know, retail location, location, location. There you go. Yeah. So that's that's the key. Yeah. So we got the right location. Then the second challenge we faced was the approvals mm-hmm. uh, because nothing like this. Had ever been mm-hmm. done. It's a new thing, true. Ever in Dubai, yeah. in that scale, yeah. and we were opening in the heart of city on Sheikh Zayed Road. Mm-hmm. So the approvals took so long. You know, it took a year almost just to obtain the, the approvals, mm-hmm. and then once we got the approvals on board, another six months to finally go live. So the entire journey was two years, two years. and it was very challenging. Mm-hmm. Uh, initially, it was very very challenging, but hey, it How worked out. What is your secret sauce then for having? Five verticals, super successful. So it's either a source or an equation. <laughs> What is it? Well, there are many things, but if I have to narrow it down yeah. to two things, mm. uh, the first, which is something I learned from my dad, is we always try to find a gap in the market. Like you know, when my dad started the building drill business mm-hmm. and he became successful, because again, even in that business, somebody was selling steel, somebody was selling plywood. Yeah. So he's like, look, I want to create a one-stop solution. We had almost twenty-five thousand SKUs, anything and everything in building materials we had. Mm-hmm. So with that concept, it worked. When we came into the property business, you know, at the uh, in twenty fourteen when we launched it, mm-hmm. all the big boys were selling a million dollar house True. and plus, mm-hmm. and the payment plans wasn't there. So somebody who's earning twenty thousand dirhams, fifteen thousand dirhams a month. How does he buy a house? And if you think about it, ninety percent of the population is expat. Mm-hmm. People have been living in rented houses for so many years, so that's that's a problem that mm-hmm. need to be solved. So we, you know, my father came up with the one percent payment plan, and I that was a big one. hit. So <laughs> he he, he found a gap which yeah. solved the problem, mm-hmm. and that's what you need to do with the retail business. Again, True. we became one stop solution. So one is find an important gap, mm-hmm. which is not being fulfilled. But the second thing is you can find the gap. But if you want to really scale and do multiple businesses, the most important thing is your people. Team around. So you. your top talent mm-hmm. has to be the best in the market. You need to give them, you know, good incentives so they stick. Mm-hmm. You need to give them full empowerment mm-hmm. so they can do and run the business they like. Sure. You need to give them all the arms and ammunitions for them to be successful. Mm-hmm. Only then can you succeed. Even then, you know, it looks sure. rosy on the outside. All the journeys have had lots and ups and downs. But eventually, if your vision is strong, your people are strong, and your conviction is strong, you'll always win in long term. Love that. Yeah. What was your biggest challenge? With um, all of these verticals, the biggest thing that you did. 
I think the the initial days was hard but since I spoke about the retail business the next challenge that we had was covid. Oh of course oh shit of course. Yeah, yeah. so everyone faced the challenge of covid mm-hmm. and there's no business school in the world that teaches you how oh, to run a business with no revenue. Mm-hmm. True true. <laughs> run a business with scale without revenue. Right so we have 4000 families to fit yeah. and you know that time when I broke the, down the problem we had two challenges. Mm-hmm. one was a psychological and health problem health challenge mm-hmm. that how do i you know make sure my employees are okay yeah and the second was a business challenge that what do i do to sustain the, this yeah, to, to sustain this too. and both are equally important yeah. because everyone's scared everybody could be exposed to covid and i'm so proud to say as a you know as a danubian mm-hmm. we were one of the first i love how you said it say it again <laughs> danubian i love that So proud to say yeah. that you know we were one of the first companies private companies over here who got all our staff vaccinated in the month of December. Mm, wow. When it happened in 2020. So that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh the second initiative we took was we spent a lot of money in health camps, regular checkups, tied up with a lot of hospitals to make sure if something went wrong we support them. We even launched a lot of initiatives for other people who lost their jobs. Mm-hmm. So we did a lot and we didn't fire many people mm-hmm. true and we cut 30% of one month salary in one of the months wow. but we paid it back you at took, the end we paid it back hit. you took the hit but we paid it back yeah. so everyone was mm-hmm. heavily so that was from the people side from the business side we had to innovate <laughs> so how do we do that uh number one was e-commerce started booming yeah so e-commerce was up 6x but a question yeah. you were set on e-commerce at that time I was like I said I, we were one yeah. of the first companies mm-hmm. to start e-commerce so yeah. there you go it yeah. paid off exactly so yeah. furniture does sell yeah. online <laughs> exactly and that that's yeah. what helps so furniture you know the e-commerce business mm-hmm. went up 6x wow. so immediately we started reskilling people and mm-hmm. started you know shifting them to the e-commerce team yeah we then started this new thing where accepting business by doing zoom calls so mm-hmm. we would have all our sales advisors in our stores we would do a zoom call with our customers wow showing them one by one each item what to do mm-hmm. with giving them free easy returns mm-hmm. if you don't like it we created like a 3d ar mm-hmm. virtual concept of our retail store so people could browse through it wow lots of different initiatives took place but luckily for us luckily for us um you know it didn't last very long mm-hmm. uh, businesses opened and because we were in the also selling building material in mm-hmm. the retail yeah. and all most of our shops were retail our shops opened up before our competitors ah correct so uh-huh. that gave us a big mm, edge true correct and then the wind turned because mm. the wind turned as in suddenly shops opened up everybody staying at home so mm-hmm. guess what everybody needs mm-hmm. furniture <laughs> when everybody said we people won't buy online so no everybody needs furniture true. so suddenly the furniture industry started booming mm-hmm. and everybody you, you won't believe my garden furniture started selling in summer June July I my garden is flying no way anything you had was flying at that moment but then we had another challenge mm-hmm. suddenly we have a lot of demand but then all the factories got shut <laughs> <laughs> where's so, the product <laughs> so so this is live yeah. you know you know so first phase you have so much product no one to sell to true suddenly you have so much demand but no one to buy demand. from true and it was challenging and then we had to then find alternate sourcing go to other countries you can't travel anywhere mm-hmm. so imagine now you're designing furniture and we we that here so we saved on travel but i think we spent three times more the amount the in air shipping Resistance, samples yeah. so that we True. could see it True. before we make the purchase 
and again very very interesting times a lovely journey i believe and we work journey. every day we work really hard during extra hard in yeah. covid because see at the end of the day we have a fiduciary responsibility there are 4000 families working sure. for us so as a, as a leadership team me and the entire leadership team who's involved we all have to make it succeed because if you don't there are 4000 families so at stake a lot of on your shoulders so how do you define success for you for me yeah you know when you think about a problem mm-hmm. and it comes to reality mm-hmm. but more importantly when the numbers are in the green after that mm-hmm. for me True. that's success i i that is the best feeling in the world mm-hmm. like you identified a problem you put all your energy into it make it happen and then make it happen but make it happen successfully mm-hmm. uh make it profitable make it the talk of the town right. for me for me that i think the the feeling the adrenaline you get after that mm-hmm. i don't think anything beats that you know i have something on the show that we usually do you have kids correct yeah three kids 642 642 so covid you... helped <laughs> <laughs> so we we do something in the show here yeah. that here is a camera yeah. i want you to look at this camera mm-hmm. and tell something to your kids that okay. this video will exist on the internet for sure. quite long yeah. so they can see it even after 10 years yeah. so let's say they're going to see it after 10 years what would you love to tell them well two things number one is i joined work at 13 so don't just because you're born in emirates hills doesn't mean you're not going to be working <laughs> you're going to be starting work at the age of 12 or even earlier mm-hmm. and the second thing i want to say is well it's a surprise so i don't know if they see it earlier yeah. i actually for my you know my last child's uh, uh, birthday mm-hmm. i bought you know five bitcoins yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I've I've kept it in like a secret in a wallet, wallet yeah. in a secret. I, it's yeah. supposed to be a surprise, yeah. and uh, because I'm like, look, either it's gonna be worth a million dollars, and I'll be yeah. a hero and a visionary. <laughs> but if it goes down to zero, I'm just gonna throw exactly. the wallet, wallet. And, and delete the <laughs> video. So we might have to cut this part out. <laughs> <laughs> so they don't know about it. Yeah? No, for oh, the six four two. Good, 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 good. Yeah, yeah. So I believe after ten years. they will find this wallet uh, <laughs> and they will go home depends My depends on the price yeah. <laughs> tell me a little bit about your habits and routines because i believe habits and routines yeah. are part of the success journey absolutely what habits and routines do you have oh yeah so i have a very organized day i normally start by wake up by 7 mm-hmm. i i mean i have a driver but yeah. i drop my kids to school mm-hmm. every morning and then i hit the gym by 8 mm-hmm. 8 to 9 9:15 i'm mm-hmm. at the gym I shower over mm. there. I eat breakfast in my car mm. on the way to the office. Mm-hmm. By nine forty-five, ten, I'm in the office every day. Extremely structured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then normally I come home by six thirty-seven, and my driver knows that when we're on the way, he'll message the nannies. Mm-hmm. So when I reach there, the kids are in the pool. Oh wow! Jump straight into the pool, and um, and and then generally I also play paddle tennis once a week, twice mm-hmm. a week at eight thirty p.m., or I'll have a dinner once a week at you know eight eight thirty p.m. The other days I'm at home. Either me and my wife will watch something, spend some time with family. I like reading, so we'll read a bit. So it's organized. Yeah. But but the challenge is this is when I'm in Dubai. The mm-hmm. remaining hundred days I'm just traveling everywhere. And f- within the hundred days, ninety percent of these hundred days are work. Work as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Do you mix like because some people say like there is a work-life balance, which I don't believe doesn't exist. Do you make it work-life integration? So you travel with the family, and sometimes you work as well. So you mix things, or you totally separate. See, I don't agree with that. I think there mm-hmm. can be a work-life balance. Yes, when you're an entrepreneur and you want to be a successful entrepreneur, mm-hmm. you have to sacrifice on a lot of things. Of so I agree on that. Mm-hmm. 
but you can strike a work life balance if you're super organized mm-hmm. uh so okay but again where the balance lies true, depends on what true, you want in life true. but it's possible mm-hmm. it's possible absolutely but when you travel you separate like yeah you're traveling with the family in 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 general i do separate mm-hmm. in general i do separate when it's a work trip i do generally make it a work mm-hmm. trip and when it's a family fun trip we make it a fun trip but sometimes you open showroom somewhere True. so then you take the family yeah. with you inauguration <laughs> oh, that's in different two in one that's different do you have a hidden talent or a skill that nobody knows i plan really good trips ah uh, okay <laughs> <laughs> I'll come to you next time. So okay? I, I mean, you know, especially you know, when I'm traveling with my wife or kids, yeah. you know, even though yeah. I'm the busier one, yeah. I take the initiative because when I'm because you get those few days. True, true. You want to make it. So the best. I want to make sure it's max, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and it's not necessarily the amount you're spending, but max in the sense of what you're doing or what true. you want to achieve out of that of, of true, that trip. True, true. So, so yeah. you plan very well. Okay. I think so. We'll, I'll come to you for my next trip. Sure. How sure. to drill it down. What will be your goals and aspirations I would say for the next 5 years personally and professionally Ah they both contradict each other personally of course I want to spend <laughs> there is a balance you know I want to spend as much time as possible with my kids be involved with them because they're only young for so long right mm-hmm. my wife keeps telling me that they're going to be grown up and you won't even know it mm-hmm, so that's mm-hmm. something I want to achieve personally second thing is I've uh, been you know focusing a lot on my health with the food with the gym mm-hmm. so i i i really want to have you know a healthy i want to continue with my healthy routine mm-hmm. uh so that's something that's very very important to me uh professionally i think uh there's a lot on my plate uh, also i want to be more mm-hmm. involved in our property business mm-hmm. i mean we you know in terms of danube home there's a lot of expansion that's been planned sure. even sports world successful so i want to open you know definitely a few more mm-hmm. and yeah get more and more in the property business as well i love that there is a section in the episode or the podcast that's called the quick fire insights okay. the alpha quick fire insights okay. so i'll shoot you questions sure. and as fast as possible you tell me the answer so a person who influenced you the most in your life yeah definitely my father for sure i love that your favorite book I love uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale yeah. Carnegie. Amazing book. Uh, your favorite movie genre? I like sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Your life biggest regret? Ah. No regrets as such. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you an early bird or a night owl? I was a big night owl. Yeah. Now I'm an early bird. Mm-hmm. Tea or coffee for you? Cappuccino. <laughs> Beach or mountains? Beach. Dogs or cats? Cats. Uh, morning routine. It's going to be a gym or sleeping? Gym, gym, for sure. Of Every course. day. Your favorite travel destination? Depends on the objective. But if I want to relax, yeah. Maldives. Mm-hmm. If I want to have fun with my friends, there's so many places out there. I love Ibiza. The I've been there many times. Uh-huh. I went to Cappadocia recently. That oh, was good. Ooh. So it depends on what you're looking for. City living or City countryside? City living, for sure. Sunset or sunrise? Sunrise. Sorry, sunset. My bad. Sunset. sunset. I like sunset. Okay. Superpower of choice: invisibility or flying. Flying. I oh. travel so much. That'd be useful. <laughs> you like cars or bikes? Cars. Uh, favorite cuisine. Um, I like Thai. Mm-hmm. Thai and Japanese. Yeah. Favorite color. Red. Mm-hmm. Favorite car brand. I like the Lamborghini, especially mm-hmm. the the Urus. Yeah. And I also love Rolls Royce. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of those. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Your favorite watch brand. Jacob and Co. Uh-huh. So we are in the Alpha Talk show. Yeah. How do you define an alpha? Um, an alpha for me 
is somebody who commands respect and not demand respect mm-hmm. what that means is when you're an alpha i want to listen to you i want to do what you are saying because i respect you mm-hmm. not because you're the chairman's yeah. son or because you have a title mm-hmm. so generally an alpha is somebody who's you know confident powerful who's done something you know really meaningful somebody who you look up to somebody who can connect with people for me that's an alpha amazing amazing definition yeah. what would be your last message you want to leave the audience with today yeah so you know i always believe and i've seen a lot of young people that i think that if you want to truly be successful you need to be getting up and getting out there mm-hmm. and it should not be next month it should not be next week it should not be tomorrow it should be today now because i see a lot of people with so many ideas but they don't implement it they just talk about it true i always believe an entrepreneur is a doer not a dreamer mhm correct getting things done so sense of urgency i love that we have a ritual in the alpha talks podcast okay. which is called the alpha talks memoir so the alpha talks memoir okay. is very simple you have to do three things okay and it's about writing but you will do it after the show sure. uh the first thing is that you write about your experience in the alpha talks show okay the second is you ask you write a question yeah. for the next alpha guest Okay. It's a way of connecting the alpha guests together. Even they will not know that you ask the questions, so you can be open with the questions. Okay. Number three is who do you recommend to be our next alpha guest who really add value to our audience? Mm. So before moving to this, mm. you need to answer the question from the previous alpha guest. Okay. Ready? Mm-hmm. What's the secret to saving money and investing the money to be rich and wealthy? You know, for us. the for us the way we have been able to create a lot of generation wealth is through business mm-hmm. you know we used to invest a lot in properties i have invested a little bit in stocks as well but you know these are things which are not in your control mm-hmm. if you have a winning formula which works where you can get your money back in 3 years 4 years 5 years mm-hmm. then it's much much, much easier than... to replicate that by repeating that mm-hmm. i love that consistently so that's what's created our generational wealth mm-hmm. number 1 Number two is again just because you have started one business or one you're doing one thing doesn't mean you should be doing that for the rest mm-hmm. of your life. Pivot. Be yeah. alert. See mm-hmm. what's happening. There's a lot of artificial intelligence coming in. So yeah. figure out what the new trends are and see how you can make the most of that. I love that. Yeah. I did. Thank you very much. I appreciate the talk. I enjoyed the talk, the conversation, and I'm sure that everyone watching us now will be super happy and sure. really. I would say appreciate the value that you given through the show. Sure. Thank you very much brother. Thank, Thank you. you. That wraps another inspiring episode of today's show. I hope that this episode has ignited your inner alpha and left you feeling inspired, motivated and ready to conquer any challenge that comes your way. Remember, alphas aren't born, they're made. It isn't about dominating others. It's about embracing your authenticity, leading with integrity and making a positive impact on the world. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the Alpha Talks on your favorite podcast platform. Leave us a review and share the podcast with your fellow alphas. Also connect with us on social media at Safer Hakim. Share your thoughts, insight and stories of personal and business growth with us. Let's create a movement of alphas supporting one another. The world needs more alphas like you exactly. Until next time, stay bold, stay driven and stay out.